Better graphics automatically equals better game. Hello and welcome to Life Fest 2020, where we tell the biggest lies of 2020. Back to back to back to back to back. It is me, your host, Captain Lies a lot. And today we have a very special, special, special episode. Today we are actually going to talk about video games. I know it is shocking as always, but hey, here we are and we're doing it, so we're going to have some fun. Uh, today's episode, I yet again reminisce on two games that got released a quintillion years ago. Exciting as always. And uh, Maxwell actually takes a little skirt down memory lane thanks to some reignition of his childhood memories thanks to PlayStation. Enjoy. So today I'm talking about two classics, two bangers, two games I haven't played for 10 years. <laughs> oh! More video games, baby. That's true, baby. Uh, talking about Metroid Fusion and Dynasty Warriors 5, AKB Dubs 5. No one calls it Dynasty Warriors unless you're a fucking noob. Do you um, actually call it D-dubs? Yeah. That's, I actually kind of like that. That's what my sister and I always called it. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'll start with D-dubs 5. Um, developed by Omega Force. Released on PlayStation 2 and I believe the Xbox 360 as well, but I played it on the PlayStation 2, so I'm reviewing the PlayStation 2 version with my recency and my memory. Very recent of the game um and released in march 2005 i think i already said that but that's okay you get it twice because that's what we do here we remind you of the facts except the metacritic score that is true which i'm about to say right now actually it's a good it got a 69 out of 100 haha nice yeah very nice uh and it's a hack and slash game based on the chinese novel the romance of the three kingdoms which my sister and i purchased i never actually ended up i read a little bit of it but it's it's dense. It's a dense book. Very long. Um, Pages made of lead. That is true. <laughs> but all of that is true. Um, so there's kind of two main modes that you play in at the Musuo mode, which is just like, it's essentially you just keep going through battles. It's roughly chronological. And it's like the story mode, essentially. And every character will have the story mode. Um, three main kingdoms, the Wu, Wei, and Shu probably pronouncing that terribly wrong but who cares because <laughs> i don't i do a little bit um so yeah you can you know they start you off with like three to five characters i think in each of those three factions and then they just have a default other category that just represents like random baddies throughout the the story mm-hmm. or the romance i guess of the three kingdoms plus the baddies <laughs> the romance of the three kingdoms plus the baddies a chinese classic um so yeah there's i guess not really honestly a whole lot to say about like the game itself because it is just a straight hack and slash like the gameplay is fun there's a cooperative mode i played it a lot with my sister it's just like for me it's a very nostalgic game in that sense and it's it's definitely like hack and slash with some collect-a-thon in it as well like there's like lots of items for you to collect characters you can slowly unlock as you go through the story you can get like ultimate items i forgot exactly what they called it but essentially it's like you know you find guan yu's true 
true sword of doom. It's not actually a sword. I forgot what the that's yeah, like a pike. I think or a, a, like a halberd. I think is what it would be because it's not. A, I don't think he has the pike. I think he has the blade at the end of yeah, it. Yeah, it's the blade at the end for sure. I just don't know yeah. what that's called. Yeah, yeah. we we know stuff. That's true. We don't know that one though. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it is it is a little collectathony, but I think that's what also keeps a lot of the uh, appeal in the gameplay. It's also why I'm not really surprised that it got a 69 out of 100 because it is just a straight hack and slash i doubt any of the dynasty warriors really got that great of a metacritic score just because of the nature of the game like it's kind of once you've done it you've done it and like now you lost the novelty factor and now it's just a hack and slash that you've like updated graphics and gameplay so going off i also played dynasty warriors four and five and six obviously i played five because i'm reviewing that i meant to say <laughs> four and six so dynasty warriors four when i played that i didn't like the I like the graphic updates between four and five were really nice, and the gameplay updates were two of the things between four and five that I, I think made five superior overall. It was a substantial enough improvement that I preferred it. I also played five first, so I guess maybe that just maybe that's just the way it works. Just um, the far cry effect, baby. Everywhere that we live, and then Dynasty Warrior Six, we got that, and we that was also released on the playstation 2 and it i don't know if we just maybe we just had a bad ps2 it couldn't run on our ps2 so that's already a big fat no-no for me like i can't even play the game i you might have been able to play it single player mode but as soon as you went co-op definitely couldn't play it like it was like one frame per hour (laughs) not that bad but it was it, it felt that bad and the whole point of playing dynasty warriors for me is just playing with like a friend it's not that fun solo it's not bad it's just a it's a past time passer solo so but yeah it's definitely to me just designed to be played with another person so the fact i can't play co-op on dw6 that was a huge knockback and then it just there was lots of recycled skill sets or like uh like move sets i guess for each character as well as the fighting system was really unsatisfying which some of these comments I was, I was looking through like reddit and what people didn't like about six I remember specifically the fighting just wasn't fun in comparison to five. Hmm. Like, I, I remember it took way too long to kill anything. And maybe I just needed to, like, grind more and level up more or something like that. But it was just the tempo of the game. It just made it feel like it dragged out for such a ridiculously long time. To upgrade any character, it took such a ridiculously long time. It, like, at least five, there was that allure that maybe you could max out all your characters. Six was like, I'm not going to, like, be 82 and finish this game maxing out all these characters like i need at least a reasonable time frame not like multiple all of her lifetimes so yeah six six was six to me was worse than four i mean six was that it was just it wasn't a fun game the graphical improvements were huge and it looked really nice so i was super excited for it but it yeah to me it was fun to play and yeah the fighting i mean in a hack and slash game if the fighting is not fun it's a bad hack and slash game so but I did, I, one of my, my cousin uh, really liked Six. So I know there, there are people that really like Six, but it sounds like a lot of people on the internet also hate Six. So I guess it's maybe just a controversial title. In the D-Dub series, uh, additionally, there were two expansions, Extreme Legends and another one, which I wrote down somewhere, <laughs> Empires. I think I played Extreme Legends where you get to create your own dude, so you don't have to play as one of the main characters in the game, and then you can level up your own dude, which was, it, it was kind of fun. You also can like have like a 
a group of bodyguards follow you around too so it's like you and your little goon squad running around just fucking people up hack and slash style 101 so yeah that was that was cool that was cool uh most of my time like i said was spent playing with my sister which is why it's on this list but yeah i don't know do you have anything about i know you play d-dubs as well is it on your list um it i i it should be on my list somewhere but mine is d-dub four um yeah i shat on d-dub four so yeah and i'm about to flip the script baby because i played dynasty warriors exclusively by myself and absolutely loved it um i so i did not play dynasty warriors 5 but i did have extreme legends and me as a naive kid didn't realize that there was like a difference i just thought that was like oh call of duty 4 modern ops 12 and was like okay yeah it's just the name of it and it had like no content in it because it's an expansion i was like this is freaking dumb but so that makes me disappointed i i wanted to play 5 but just as a kid was dumb um but before what what i loved i loved the collectathonness of it um kind of like you were talking about like finding the special weapons um dynasty warriors 4 at least there you could in the normal game like create your own character and you could choose like there was like a great sword um which is what i chose and then there were a couple other different weapon types and you start basic but like as you go through different levels there's always like hidden power-ups but they're in the same place but what the power-up is it's like a permanent level up um so I would just like grind through. There was one. It was like the, the attack on the yellow something. I I don't remember what it was, but there was, it was the, attack on the yellow turbines or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. And there was there was one one spot that always had the same. So I would just grind that level, grind that level. Yeah, get yellow turbine levels are always good to grind for some reason for stats. Yeah, I think they're always pretty early on um, too. They're early, and pretty much every level, at least in five, always had a like a health upgrade. Like yeah. a perma health upgrade, and then I think also a purple or a permanent mana or musuo, whatever you want to call it, upgrade. Um, so once you like figure out where those are, then you just like run to each general, kill the general, grab your attack and defense upgrades, and then run to those two pots and end the game. Yep. No, su- super easy. So I, I love doing that. Um, I back in that era, that's when kids would go to like Cheat Code Central or something like that, and you'd print off the list of either cheat codes or game tips. Um, and so I had for every character in the game, I had their what you had to do to get their level 10 or like special weapon um which is always like you level it up to a certain point but to get their kind of max secret weapon you always had to do some really obscure yeah it's ridiculous like oh you have to go to this specific level and start it but then run back to the beginning before five minutes but after killing this general so you better do it quick and all this kind of stuff but it, it was very fun because it there was still some kind of challenge even knowing how to do it for um, sure. It, it wasn't just like, oh, you just got to keep running around and RNGesus will help you find it. Like, it was very specific. Yeah. Um, I also like that you could unlock the campaigns of, like, the Yellow Turbans and Lubu yeah. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. Because the first time I encountered Lubu, I, I was playing with some friends, John and Zach, shout out. Um, and I had never met Lubu, but they, they knew. They knew the boo. And... Uh, he comes out and you're like, oh, okay. And he like two hit slices you to death. He is almost unattackable the first time you approach him. And to one, eventually get to a level where you can attack him feels great. But then to unlock his campaign, which I think you do by defeating him um, in, in that initial level. Um, I don't remember exactly, but then playing as him through his campaign is just, 
yeah, I don't know. All very satisfying. I, I put a lot of time into Dynasty Warriors um, and the the hack and slash where it's ridiculous. It, like it, it at least in four, it kept a counter of like how many people, and it's like you're getting into like hundreds and then thousands of yeah. people you just slaughtered. It's um, ridiculous. But yeah, those 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 are my thoughts. I I think I agree with almost everything you said um, about the series as a whole. Other than the fact that Dynasty Warriors 4 is obviously superior to Dynasty Warriors 5. But. Yeah, I think I had, had a similar experience where I think I played Dynasty Warriors 4 Extreme Legends first, because I'm pretty sure I had the same expansion. Uh, and that, that probably tarnished my opinions a little bit, but... Yeah, starting with the updated graphics was just... Like, yeah, I, I think, yeah... Starting with 5, I think it would be harder to start with 5 and then go back to 4 and be like, this is better, where I think it would be easier to start at 4 and then go to 5 and think that 5 is better, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they, they're both good, and they're both they're both well-received. 6 is not very well-received, from what like I said, from what I've seen online. So, they also, on 6, they removed a lot of those random neutral characters from the game, and a lot of people were really pissed about it. There's, like, lots of, like, Yuan Shao and stuff, like, stories like that and oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they just, like, randomly removed. They still had Lu Bu, I think, but, like, Dong Zhuo, I think, might have gotten removed. Dang. So, yeah, no, they just... It, they, 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 the game upset a lot of people. Six, for sure, I, like I said, wasn't a fan of Six, didn't like it. Could, could they not get the those people to sign off on being in the game? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been dead for a quintillion years. Sign off, baby. Um... Uh, that was you bringing up Lu Bu. That was my favorite thing. Is on a fresh memory card, find Lu Bu and try to kill him with nothing. Oh my! I spent so much time. That's what I would always do. Like if I was playing the, uh, it, like what the battle of Dong Zhuo's Gate. I don't. I don't remember exactly yeah. what it's called. It's something like that. But yeah, I would always be like tell my sister. I'm like I'm just gonna run to Lu Bu and keep fighting him. So you have a long time, and I'm just gonna be fighting him this whole time. <laughs> And I got it down pretty well to a science. I think Lu Bu was harder in four, if I remember. It he's still hard in five, but I'd say he's killable at least. You just have to use your CC essentially to like you run in, lead up with a CC ability, get like two autos off on him, and then sprint for your life and hope that he doesn't have his uh like Muso bar full. So Yeah, it is I think it, I think I remember it being a little bit easier to kill him in five than four. You can also I think in five you can just keep running at him and knock him over with a horse. So as long as his attacks are on <laughs> cooldown, but it does like zero damage. I mean, it, it would take forever to actually kill him with the horse, but you can knock people over with the horse. And th- those are some of the other items too. Is uh, you could unlock like different horses. Like, like I think my favorite was Shadow, um, which I think was a horse that you could not fall off of. Like you could not get. Oh off yeah. Of. Um, but th- each one had like different like special abilities, um, and there were always these orbs as well that you could yeah. attach and get like I don't know, like lightning or something weird. I I don't fully remember. Yeah. But there's yeah. lots of there's lots of items in the game that I really liked. A lot of people really liked the upgrade to the item system from four to five. It was a big uh big compliment in the game. I don't think the character set changed too much. most of what I heard was gameplay and then the items that were the two biggest comments from four to five on what people preferred. Obviously, the story doesn't doesn't matter at all in this game. It's a hack and slash, so... Yeah, I always rode uh, Lubu's the red hair or whatever. That was... I always rode Lubu's because I'm the Lubu killer. Oh, yeah, I spent yeah. so much time killing him, so I'm like, this is my horse now, dude. You suck. That, w- that was also a good one. I think 
It's like the fastest horse in the game in yeah. five. I'm, I'm assuming it's probably the same in four. That sounds right. So, yeah, that's D-dubs five, unless you have anything else. No. Cool. So, my second game, Metroid Fusion. Probably the only Game Boy Advance or handheld title, actually, at all, that I pr- probably put on my list. Because, fuck Pokemon. Insert trigger noises for most people. Um, I only say that because I like triggering people. Pokemon's <laughs> a fine game. It's an action-adventure game for the Game Boy Advance, developed by Nintendo R&D1, which uh, is Nintendo's oldest video game development team who created series, some of these you may have heard of, Mario Bros., Donkey Kong, and the series I'm talking about right now, Metroid. <laughs> uh, game got a 92 out of 100 on Metacritic, so pretty, pretty high marks, especially for a handheld title. Released in November 2002, it is the fourth in the Metroid series. Uh, it follows Metroid, Metroid 2, and Super Metroid. It technically is the fifth in NA because it was released. It says that they were released the same day as Metroid Prime, which is also on my list. Oh, yeah. But but if you look at the release date itself, it says in the text that it was released on the same day, but if you look in the text, like uh, Metroid Prime was released the 17th and Fusion was released the 18th, so it's, you know, arguably the fifth game in the series. But for the rest of the world, Prime was released later than Fusion, so that's probably why they say it's the fourth in the series. So as always with Metroid games, you are the bounty hunter, Samus, and in this game you are exploring the planet SR388 with the Biological Space Labs, who I will just call BSL. It's just a bunch of scientists. You don't need to know too much about them. They ain't important. And you get attacked by a parasitic organism who they just call the X throughout the game, and she ends up getting infected, she's in critical condition, she's going to die, everyone's freaking out, sweat's rolling down your face, sweat's rolling down the scientist's face, everyone's vomiting, can't let Samus die, and they end up making a cure with the vaccine they created from Metroid cells. So she gets injected with the Metroid cells, and she's cured from the X, and now she can... The X float around in the game like little, like, parasitic amoeba, I guess, I don't know how else to describe it. It's kind of a little, like, Paisley-esque. Um, the design and so now Samus can run into them and absorb like HP or missiles and just nutrients in general um, to replenish her resources but consequentially because the vaccine is made by Metroids who are notoriously weak to the cold she is now weak to the cold as well Mm. I know big big details here always gotta have the pro and the con it's just not pure power so her entire power suit was infected so they ended up having to surgically remove her power suit and so they sent it to the BSL laboratories, or like this BLL, BSL space station to study the suit. Um, and consequentially, you start out with all your powers stripped away. So that's how they explain all your powers going away, which is kind of nice because it is a Metroidvania game through and through. Like you're just, it, it is part of the Metroid series. So you're going to run through and you're going to get abilities and then you're going to get abilities that will help you get to new places or other stuff that helps you get to new places and then you're going to backtrack and re-explore the same place and I really like that I know a lot of people don't like the Metroidvania style Metroidvania being Metroid and Castlevania in case you don't know um, which both, both the games do the same stuff like it is the, it is a trope of both those game series through and through also if you want to watch a good speedrunning uh, YouTube video the 
Castlevania speedrun by Summoning Salt. That is a phenomenal and hyphy, very hyphy speedrunning synopsis video. I mean, you get in it. Oh, it's so clutch. Oh, it's a good one. But yeah, so still have to play Castlevania, just me mentioning it. Made me think of it. Uh, but yeah, so you there's a mysterious explosion on the space station where they sent Samus's power suit, so then you're sent to explore because you're a bounty hunter, you're a badass woman ready to fuck some things up. And you get to the space station and you discover that the X can replicate any organism essentially so they take your power suit and then replicate you as samus so when you get to the space station you end up running into your own replica but your replica has all of your abilities from before you got your power suit so or like yeah before your power suit was taken away from you so the thing that i really like about this game and the thing that i people like on the wikipedia i am surprised with how little people talk about it but this is a creepy game and a very dark and disturbing game and the whole entire time you're running around the space station. There's like the main part of the space station and then six subsectors, which are essentially just like six different biomes. So like there's a hot area, a cold area, so on and so forth. There's like a jungle area. Um, the entire time you're running around this space station, you are just scared shitless of running into what they call the SAX. So like Samus X, right? Um, which is the clone of you. Because if you run into the clone, the clone will like two-shot you and you just die. So you are just like, every time you run into the Samus, uh, the, the Samus X, you have to run away, essentially. So there'll be like chase scenes where you're just running for your life, like trying to like, as quickly as possible, like open all these doors, sprinting away, you can hear her steps like coming by. <laughs> or there's other scenes where like, you hear her open the door and then you have to like duck behind cover. And they always, when they do that, they, the SAX walks incredibly slow. And it's always in a nice open room. So all you hear is the clicking of the metallic boots hitting the ground. And it's just, it's such like an ominous, it does so much to set up like fear and anxiety. (laughs) My two favorite emotions. Um, So yeah, I'm surprised that I didn't really see a lot of people talk about that. There are some like YouTube videos that talk about how Metroid Fusion sets up fear. But I think that that is a huge aspect of the game. As well as there's... Pretty much in each biome, you'll end up running into one boss, more or less. And you kill the boss, you get an extra power, classic Metroidvania style. But, like, some of the bosses will end up, like, destroying the entire biome or destroying, like, other subset biomes. So you'll, like, run back into an area that you've already been and then everything's destroyed and you have no idea what caused it. And it's, like, if it destroyed this entire, like, subset of the space station, like, how am I supposed to fight it? So it's just, there's, there's lots of dark and creepy things to the game which i really enjoyed the subsets to the space stations i really enjoyed the biome diversity it was like a good way to have a lot of different landscapes even on a space station to keep things interesting and they're all pretty pretty unique in the regard that they're all different from each other i wouldn't say it's like they like created a new biome that i've never seen before you know it's not like my mind's like blown when i see it but they did a good job of incorporating the you know classic different biomes in a game especially on the Game Boy Advance, it felt... I was impressed with the game, obviously. Because I won't shut up. <laughs> um, I guess I don't, want, I don't really want to delve into the story too much, because the story is also... It's not... The action and the gameplay is really fun in the game, but the story is also like pretty compelling. It definitely gets into like some, I guess, 
classic like dilemmas with this stuff i I don't know how to say it without just spoiling anything so i'll just stop now (laughs) um but you do get when you get to the space station you end up taking commands from this person who keeps calling you lady and your former uh like commander i guess or the person you reported to always called you lady his name was adam malkovich and so because of that she ends up calling this ai or person i guess i don't know if you know they are an ai i spoiled that for sure (gasps) at the end of the game you find out that okay so adam adam malkovich always called samus lady and so she nickname nicknames the ai adam and then at the very end of the game you then discover that that is actually adam's like consciousness that's been uploaded essentially to it Mm, and adam died classic classic, really and then adam died trying to save samus's life well successfully saving he did succeed obviously (laughs) because she's still alive but yeah she he died saving samus so it's kind of a touching moment at the end and then there's like big like yeah big decisions be made at the end and yeah yeah yada 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 don't want to spoil too much but you do get blurbs of scenes where you hear adam talking to other people and you don't know who the other people are it's always like exclamation or question mark for the name but they're always talking about stuff and it's very vague but it's definitely like you know that secrets are being kept from you the entire game Mm. and so you're slowly just waiting to get more information on what are these secrets and what's trying to happen so yeah the the whole game lots of lots of mystery maybe it should be a mystery game (laughs) intrigue (laughs) fear anxiety uh yeah so yeah, this is this is this and Metroid Prime are my two favorite Metroid games that I've played. Not surprisingly, because they're both on my list, and Metroid's one of my favorite series of all time. Also, not surprisingly, because I'm a Nintendo fuckboy, apparently. So yeah, that's that's my two games. Assuming you don't have anything to add. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I haven't played Metroid. I did play the intro to Metroid Prime. And then learned about the storage issues. Oh, wait, no, you wouldn't have been able to. If you yeah, had... I, I tried to play it, and it was like, oh, wait, uh, I need only one block. And here I go on my rant again. Animal Crossing took up every single block on the card. So I had to get another one. Then I started playing, and then I stopped. So, yeah, I think non-surprisingly, based on what I said, it's going to be Metroid Fusion. Because I agree with the Metacritic score only. <laughs> uh, but Metroid Fusion was just a much more compelling game and something that I have gone back to actually recently. You can download it. I Like, you can get a Game Boy emulator on smartphones. And so I got I got the emulator on my, uh, my Android and played it, like, last year or something like that, mm. all the way through again. And I played it a couple times even before then, so it... it surprisingly does have a decent amount of replayability and the more that you go through the metroid series they do a good job of like throwing like little i guess easter eggs and like references to other characters like there's you see like ridley in in the game and stuff like that so it's it's cool seeing the metroid universe i guess and you know another setting if you will so yeah metroid's the winner for sure love d-dubs wanted to give it the shout out but yeah metroid that that is a phenomenal game so even for a Game Boy Advance game, I am shocked as well that I'm saying it, but it's true, so. Alright, I'm gonna pause. I need water. My throat hurts. I will also say I'm not really comparing this to other Metroid titles because it is just on a completely different platform. 
and comparing the limitations of being on a Game Boy Advance versus a GameCube or Super Nintendo doesn't seem really fair, so just wanted to throw that in. I've been trying to compare more to other games. If you like that, please comment, smash the subscribe button, like, share with friends. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mo Video Games <laughs> Podcast. Ooh, baby. Here Dude, we go. We got some bangers on this, the 16th episode now. All right. We got two games that I'm talking about in a surprise to no one. Crash Tag Team Racing. Been waiting for it. Been waiting for it. We we teased it earlier with Mario Kart Double Dash. That's true. And now we're here. And Watch Dogs 2. I wonder which one's going to win. I'm curious what you think is going to win. I'm curious what you, the listener, think is going to win. Yeah, he doesn't care what I think. I That's very true. <laughs> anyway, Crash Tag Team Racing. It is a platformer. It is a kart racer. It is vehicular combat. All bundled into one beautiful package that ranged from 66 to 69. Nice on Metacritic. <laughs> Developed by... <laughs> I'm working on my delivery, baby. My mom <laughs> listens to this, and we made two 69 jokes to this, this episode. Nice. Yeah, not... Well, not nice, but nice. We'll keep it. <laughs> but nice. Nice. <laughs> um, but, so that was developed by Radical Entertainment. Um, it's the third in the Crash Kart Racing series. So it started with Crash Team Racing, followed up by Crash Nitro Kart, and then now crash tag team racing also this is the outdoor episode so enjoy the nice ambient noise in the background to help keep you distracted from our terrible ramblings so crash tag team racing was released in october of 2005 in north america um and then november everywhere else uh released on ps2 xbox gamecube that whole gen going around so when I mentioned platformer, I read it and forgot that this game actually has platforming in it, um, and that it's a combination of like regular crash games and crash kart racing games. Um, so essentially, there's this big like theme park with a bunch of race tracks by this Von Clutch, um, and he kind of wanted to bring a bunch of racers together, compete, blah blah blah, and like all these power crystals. For each of the five areas of the theme park were stolen. So essentially the driving force is you're going through and you're trying to get all the power crystals back, race, become the best, and get the black power gem that powers Von Clutch himself so you can save his life. Um, Wait, he's a good guy? Yeah. The video you showed me did not make me think he was a good guy. Yeah, he definitely seems uh, not good. Yeah, like the way that they draw him, you don't draw good guys normally in that shape and size, so... Yeah, so they, they and also give him like a red android eye too. Yeah, no, and he the, definitely. The, the, the red is like the classic evil. Name a good guy with a red anything. Name a Jedi with a red sword. I, mean, I, I don't know what his lightsaber. ultimate motives are, but you are definitely world domination. In, in this particular story, he is not an enemy. Yeah, you're 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 working to help. You're trying to win the races so you get the deed to the theme park at the end. And so if, like, Neocortex, the main bad in the Crash series, gets it, he's going to use it as his new base of operations. And you don't want that to happen. Even though Neocortex is what created you. So in some ways, he's your dad. Um, but 
this game promotes daddy issues. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, uh, throughout the theme park, the, there's actual platforming. So you're jumping around, collecting currency um, to spend on ve- new vehicles, weapon upgrades, clothing. Um, there's many games you can play, and ultimately you're trying to find the power crystals as you go through. And then there's obviously the different tracks and stuff, and you need to win the different races and get the power crystal for each of the different theme park areas. And then there's the actual kart racing. And this is where the, the kind of hook for the game comes from, why they call it tag team racing, is what they call clashing in a crash game. Um, and it's it's very similar to the Mario Kart Double Dash. Um, but it, you're, you can drive as a single kart in the game, but then you can mid-race press a button to clash with another single kart racer and now there's one person driving and one person operating a turret, um, and each character has their own unique weapon. Um, and as you go through and like hit different power-ups, you get different power-ups in the turret. And you can choose, when you clash with someone else, um, in single player, the AI will drive and you can be the turret, um, or you can press a button to swap to the driver's seat and drive while the AI is shooting the baddies out back for you. Um, so that's kind of the, the main hook of the game and what makes it kind of interesting um it also it one of the big criticisms of the game was the difficulty of the game and it being too easy which i think is 100 percent accurate and part of that is how you can you can game the clashing so if you choose to initiate the decoupling or the declashing you get boosted out in front of the cart that you're connected to um, so if it's kind of a close race at the end or at, at some point, you can just decouple and kind of screw over your teammate, but just get boosted an additional few feet in the front and do things like that all the time. It's just kind of, it's kind of not so, but I got to say Double Dash was released in 2003, which means this game is stealing intellectual property in front <laughs> of our very, very eyes. Some would say they're improving it, but the turret, oh! the turret sounds interesting i don't know i would have to play it to know which one i prefer i think i have it um so we can yeah it sounds like you maybe have a little more consistent interaction in this one with the turret uh but i don't i don't know all the interactions because i do feel like the the backseat and double dash is very like there, there's distinct tempo shifts in it, right? There are times where you're just not doing anything, and then there's mm-hmm. times where, like, you are very valuable and need to make very clutch plays. So it is it is very up and down, and it sounds like with a turret, I'm assuming it's probably a much more consistent level of interaction with the game. But I don't know the magnitude of impact that you'd have, so... Either way, that also that boosting thing sounds dumb as shit, so that... Yeah, that's that's bogus. <laughs> Especially like if you're playing co-op or like two-player split screen with a friend, you guys are coupled together. You can screw over your friend, and you get first place, and they get second instead of you both getting first. Um, it's just a, it's a really oh, so they get both first if you end coupled. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah that's bogus. That's, yeah, that's it's dumb. it's a fun way to just tilt your friends. It's great. That sounds like it's good for nothing other than tilting people, but that's okay. <laughs> we we love tilting. Um, and then so kind of the last little thing. So the, the game was designed to be kind of a hybrid story of Disneyland as evidenced by like the theme park and the different areas all having kind of their own theme, um, which is kind of cool. And a Scooby-Doo mystery um, of who stole the power crystals? Who is the, this mysterious individual? 
Um, did they deliver? The 66 to 69 on Metacritic probably gives you all you need to know. Um, but one, one fun thing I thought, so the characters and dialogue were created by the producer and director of animation, Jordan Rycheck of Perky Pickle Studios. Um, and I just thought that was That's an amazing a terrible name. name. Uh, it's, uh, we can agree to disagree. That just sounds, yeah. I don't have any words I want to say on recording, so. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> what what made you put like this game on if it's such a dong game? Just like Deep Dubs is apparently also a dong game. <laughs> <laughs> I well, some of it is certainly recency bias, but also, um, I, I, I just I liked it a lot. The the kind of like fact that it had the platforming and you're walking around this quasi open world, and then also racing um, was kind of a fun like combination of two. Some of the characters in the game are super wacky um it it tonally is just kind of all over the place but that's kind of the charm for me yeah. a little bit um and yeah i like some of the racing i i think technically like gameplay wise the original crash team racing is probably the best um of the of the crash series but overall like just kind of i think the novelty of including the platforming even though it may not have been that challenging maybe a little bit of a gimmick i i kind of enjoyed that aspect so that, yeah that, that for me i i recently got the um reignited or whatever yeah the i think they call it nitro fueled um, oh yeah reignited well, is is spyro sp- yeah it's yeah. Crispy. but yeah my childhood being um re mastered re ignited reignited, yeah has been pretty <laughs> awesome I, i've loved every second of it um and they did they did a really phenomenal job with the remastering of the um crash team racing um, which is really exciting. They included, it, it was essentially of the original game, but they included tracks and characters of people throughout the entire series. Um, so that was super cool. But, but this is specifically about Crash Tag Team Racing that came out PS2 way back when. Um, and that's how I feel about it. My childhood's getting reignited in five days. Yeah. Not that you're counting. I'm not. Mario! 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 Okay. Watch Dogs 2. Luigi's Mansion 1. Watch Dogs 2, baby! Was developed by Ubisoft Montreal. And it's time for a Canadian geography lesson, baby. It's not Quebec. Thank you for attending my TED Talk. Um, which, if, if you remember back to our Assassin's Creed Syndicate um, episode, where I discussed that it was actually developed by Quebec and not Montreal... Um, and that was kind of a big deal, the first one um, of that kind. But this one was developed by Montreal. That's all I have to say. Um, it was released back in November of 2016, and it is, unsurprisingly, the sequel to Watch Dogs. Um, you play as Marcus, which is a new protagonist for this game, um, and the game takes place in San Francisco. The, the first game you played as Aiden in Chicago. Um, and based on the feedback of the original game... Um, they, they decided that they wanted to take a, a completely different route um, with the character, making him... It, the, the first game, tonally, with the character especially, was very serious and dark, and there was death and murder and blah, blah, blah. And in this game with Marcus, they did a complete 180. He's funny, sarcastic. The game doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, they, they try to make the world a little bit more believable, um, and they, they did a lot of... The, the game centers on 
hacking as kind of the main aspect of it. So, so let me go into that first. If you don't have any familiarity with the Watchdog series, um, essentially there are these large corporate entities that want to quote unquote connect the world together electronically, like we have in our current reality. Um, and there's Security Plus. Security Plus, baby. Um, but they, in this game, have malintention. Um, and so there's like these kind of resistance hacker group called DeadSec that is trying to kind of fight them and expose their true intentions um, and what they're doing. And so at, after the first game, you this is now in San Francisco, they're implementing CTOS, which stands for Central Operating System 2.0, um, in San Francisco, and that's essentially what was being implemented back in Chicago, and so they're they're trying to connect all of San Francisco, and it's again another big corporate dude that's like trying to take over everyone and have like global control of all of the information that's digital, et cetera, et cetera. So you as Marcus are a hacker working with DedSec, and you get accused of a crime you didn't do. So like the first mission, as you're getting recruited by DedSec, is you have to go to the servers of the CTOS and wipe all of your information from the system um, is kind of how you get recruited. Prove that you can do it, you kind of become anonymous and you start playing that way. Um, Marcus also, so Aiden was in the first game was just kind of this like milk toast <laughs> character that just kind of ran toast. around and shot people. Uh, but Marcus, you have a lot more acrobatic abilities, you're kind of parkour, there's a lot more in your arsenal and more Importantly, there's a lot of non-lethal options, um, like you have a stun gun. Um, with hacking and stealth, you can pretty much do any mission. They, they try to give you more options to do it kind of more stealth um, or more aggressive. And one of the criticisms of the game was his personality doesn't really fit the murdering type. So if you wanted to be true to it, you kind of had to go the stealth route. But I think it, it gives you that option. Like, if, if you truly want to try it if you connect with marcus as the character and you don't think he would be one to murder then then you go the stealth route and they give you that option and it's i think a perfectly fun way to play but the the murdery a lot of people are like you didn't need to put guns in the game at all um but it's a game it's a game like the fact as long as they like have something that's true to the character i don't think it's that big of a deal to throw in stuff outside of that like there's i don't see but i'd be more upset if it went the other way as i'm kind of trying to say already right but like yeah. like adding more as long as you have what makes sense and there isn't a big deal but if you don't have what makes sense that's more upsetting than adding more on top of that so i i think that's kind of goofy but i understand it it just yeah it, it it got 75 to 82 um on metacritic so much better received and, and tonally they they like the story a lot they like the gameplay um there were there were some bugs upon release that that kind of caused some of the reviews um, to go downward a little bit, and then some of those like tonal inconsistencies that I mentioned were criticized as, as some of the other reasons why. Um, but overall, they it was pretty much an across the board improvement of every criticism from the original Watch Dogs game, um, and it was phenomenal. San Francisco is a super gorgeous environment to be in. Um, and it was, I think, like twice the size of the Chicago map in the original Watch Dogs, hmm. um, which is pretty cool. It's The game has sold over 10 million copies. Um, it's more than nine. It is more than nine. Even more than eight, really. 
So then kind of the last thing I wanted to touch on in this game is the kind of co-op slash multiplayer. Um, so it's not really co-op. It's just multiplayer. But they, they have a couple different modes, and these all happen real time while you're playing through the story. As long as you opt in, like with the internet connection, um, you can allow people to essentially invade your game. So there's, there's one mode called hacking invasion. So another player will get dropped into your game, um, and they're trying to hack your information um and it it takes a certain amount of time for them to hack the information and they have to be within a certain distance from you in order to hack the information um but they their goal is to hide and be undetected or not killed while they're hacking your information and as you start getting hacked it hacked you have to find and kill them before they hack your information and it was actually i i i did opt into that um and got hacked quite a few times um but I also, like, I, I was successful in, in finding and killing them quite a few times as well. And it's actually extremely exciting because it, it drops them in not as, like, your character skin. So you're not just looking for, oh, where's Marcus? I need to find them. It drops them in as, like, kind of a unique NPC-type looking character. So you're walking around, and this person could just be, like, walking down the street or sitting in a car. And you're, like, using your phone to hack and try and find out who is this person that's hacking you? They could be hiding in like the most obscure place. Um, it's an exciting game of cat and mouse. I absolutely love that. Um, and then there's Bounty Hunter, um, which you as the player can put a bounty on yourself if you want someone else to drop into your game. And essentially, they're trying to kill you. Um, or the, the if, you, if you do enough things, the, the game will randomly just assign a bounty um, onto your head and will drop a player and some cops into your game. And if you kill the person who's chasing you, you actually get a lot of rewards. So it kind of incentivizes you to try and put a bounty on yourself and kind of create that. Um, Similarly, being dropped into the game and killing and all that kind of fun stuff. And you can also... People can drop into your game and help you defend um, the people who are trying to hunt you. And it's just... It, it, it happens pretty organically. I think it was kind of a fun way, especially when you have, like, the whole open world of San Francisco. Um, I don't know. I, I thought that shit was pretty cool. But. Those both are actually pretty cool. Yeah. So a lot of the times when you do that organic stuff, it just, it ends up, like, people are just, like, non, like you, can't, you can't even play the game, you know? Or it's, like, and I, I think there is some level of, like, leveling system, right, in that game where you, like, it, yeah. yeah, but, like, normally it's, like, a level quintillion person, like, pops in and just one taps you, and you're <laughs> just, like, this isn't fun anymore, so that is kind of cool that it was actually exciting and not just some broken, dumb shit that they put in there. Yeah, no, they, they, they did a very nice job. It, 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 I don't play a lot of multiplayer stuff. Um, I, don't, I, I don't personally Other than find League. That's true, baby. For Demacia! Um, but, yeah, that, that, that in particular was super fun. Um, there's not there's not a whole lot else to say about the game. Um, like I said, hacking is kind of the main aspect, and it's a tool in your arsenal. So you can, as you're upgrading your skills and your abilities to hack, you can hack people's phones to, like, put false information in them, and so then the bad guys or the police will target those people 
it can be a distraction you can like cause a lot of people's cell phones to like start ringing at the same time you can hack because the entire like city infrastructure is built on this ctos you can like change traffic lights you can make like manhole covers explode um create diversions all this crazy fun stuff you can hack into cars um and either cause them to just like run off the road or actually take control of them um different things in the environment and it's it's very fun um and in in the new watchdogs legion that is coming out um for neck current and next gen consoles mm. um it, it looks like they've kind of expounded on that even further um i'm pretty excited about that um but but yeah it, the, the hacking is definitely a huge part you get the stun gun some other weapons all of your weapons and stuff are created in a 3d printer um trying to stay in that like modern silicon valley cutting edge tech um experience you get like a little quadcopter thing that you can fly around and hack with and a little rc remote control car you know just all that kind of fun stuff mm. Mm. but yeah that's that's watchdogs too fun exciting it's been out for a while now you can probably find it pretty cheap um there's a lot of replayability i don't know what the player base is right now so i don't know how some of those like multiplayer drop-in things would work um depending on the platform you're playing on like on pc there always tends to be more people that hack the game um and cheat so if you get it on a console you might have a better experience um but i can't say that for certain it's definitely worth it even without that i think the game as a whole the the gameplay is very solid the environment is super cool the story is actually pretty interesting um yeah, Watch Dogs too. Why'd you play it? You know the question's coming. I know. Watch Dogs Two is just one of those games that. So Watch Dogs One got a lot of hype because at an E3 demo, it was doing crazy things. That it was like right around the time that the PS4 was coming out, um, and they were like, "Oh my gosh! Like this looks next gen. I can't believe you can do this in a video game." Um, and then the game came out, and it it was so much worse than the e3 demo it looked worse you couldn't do as many things the game run like absolute doo-doo um so because of both of those things watchdogs always got a lot of coverage um it was something people knew about um and so at some point i I decided to play it i don't know what inspired me i think i actually had a when i was an ra one of my previous hall coordinators uh, bosses played the original one and talked about um how much they loved it and so that, that, that was kind of just one of those things in the back of my mind, checked it out. And I actually liked it. I mean, the, the criticisms are absolutely fair, but it was still a lot of fun. Um, and then Watch Dogs 2, it just, it looks gorgeous. I'm definitely one that, that is a sucker for the environment and the visuals. And it absolutely delivers. And it also happens to deliver some really solid gameplay and story on top of it. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's a big AAA title. It's, it, not many of those come across without me playing them, let me tell you. That's true. So, that, that was Your wild. library would support that theory. It would. I, I at least buy them if I don't play them. Um, yeah, and Crash Tag Team Racing is just another one of those. Like like I said, I grew up, I, I wasn't allowed to play like rated M games when I was younger. So And I loved racing games, and that was it was another one of those kart racers. Like Crash, I, I always had PlayStation consoles, so Crash was the mascot of that. So I had pretty much every single Crash game that ever came out. I, I had owned at some point and played through. Um, and it was just one of the more fun ones, I thought, at the time. So, 
Crash was your sim racer at the time. It, well, I had Gran Turismo, so... No, that was your sim racer. That's true. Turismo Arcade. Yeah, there's a better sim racer than Gran Turismo Sport, let me tell you. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But, yeah. So, what will I pick? Crash Tag Team Racing is not the one I pick. Woo! Psych! Yeah, Watch Dogs 2 is the winner. So, yeah, Crash Tag Team Racing, a great game. Um, But Watch Dogs 2 just really, it is more kind of my speed, especially nowadays. Um, Ha! 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 Slow. Slow. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I like those those games. <laughs> so that's that's why I picked. It. I'm really excited for Watch Dogs Legion. Um, takes place in London. Um, they they definitely have some big claims with this one, where you can essentially recruit any NPC in the game um, to actually play as, and you kind of create this roster, and they all have like varying backstories and abilities. Um, it seems super exciting. I'm curious to see how it actually plays out. But from a lot of the gameplay they've shown off, it actually looks like they're at least delivering like a good 70 to 80% of their promise um, pretty solidly. So, And London, I think, is another great city backdrop. So. Pretty stoked. And with uh, ray tracing and all the next-gen features, it looks spicy. That's the most important thing. In a video game, if it doesn't have graphics, it's not a video game at all, so... That's true, baby. <laughs> but but better graphics automatically equals better game. <laughs> I'll quote that and slap that at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it definitely... If there's one of us supporting that, it would be you before me, so... Yeah, I, I, I mean... Yeah, I... yeah. <laughs> I, I know it doesn't make the game, but it is something that does... It, it is heavily weighted for me. Like, it, it doesn't have to be, like, the most impressive graphics, but the, the style um, of it is very important. So, like, Hollow Knight, I think, is still an absolutely gorgeous game. I know I didn't, like, stick with it. I didn't connect with it immediately off the bat. But, man, is that game and its environment absolutely... I mean, yeah, but that's gorgeous. a that's an art style. That's not like graphical fidelity. Yeah, so I guess when I when I say graphics, I don't mean graphics. I, I think impressive graphics can be really cool as well, and it's kind of fun to just see hardware pushed to its limits and see what kind of new innovations they can come up with visually as we cross the the uncanny valley. Um, but uh, but yeah, but mostly as long as the art style and it's it, everything is kind of consistent, the game also has to run well. Like, if you're pushing a bunch of crazy graphical, like, systems at it with ray tracing, all this stuff, and then it runs at, like, 20 frames per second, that's Doo-doo. poo-poo. Yeah. Which is why I'm getting the 3080, baby. That's true. Already pre-ordered. I wish. He pre-ordered the pre-order. I wish that as well. There are some 3080s that are available for pre-order right now, uh, but I want the Founder's Edition. You can't pre-order You can only pre-order AIBs? Yeah, right now, and there's only only a couple of them. You can you can pre-order a PS5 right now, with the caveat being that it's a, a special system integrator that is making a like solid gold version of it. Um, I, I don't know what the price is, but it's a, a little bit more than Sony would be charging for a normal PS5. I'm waiting for the 3060. Yeah, I I think that's wise, and and even if the 
3060 doesn't wow you or at that point you decide on 3070 you'll have the benefit of lots of driver um, improvements and optimizations better luck at actually finding a 3070 for a reasonable price or one that's in stock if it's 2080 performance for 300 bucks i'm probably just gonna do that yeah i i I anticipate it being 350 and then well that's too much though (laughs) i mean if, if the 150 difference is enough for you to bump up to the 3070 then it's getting close for sure like the 200 i think is still there but the 150 makes me question a little more yeah but yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll see. just wait and see what the stats are, I guess, and then go from there. Uh, the 3060 should be able to handle 1440p at 60fps for, I'd assume, almost any title right now. So, Yes, that is how spicy that new graphics card release is. I am incredibly excited. I have been waiting for this literally for a very long time. I don't really keep track of those things, but that's okay. We're both incredibly excited for the new graphics card release and excited to bring you this juicy content, if you will. So please follow us on Spotify, which is really the only platform we're on other than Podbean, as I say every single time, but it is true. I mean, we're on Spotify. That's all that matters. So yeah, hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have anything that you want to comment on, please feel free to message us, DM, comment on the post on Instagram. Our handle is at Mo Video Games, M-O Video Games, and have a juicy full weekend or day or night or evening or morning. Juicy.